Welcome everyone, my name is John Yeager, for those of you who do not know me. I get to spend some time with the kids, and so this is very unique to, to spend time with the kids among all of you. Uh, so this should be a lot of fun. If you guys remember, uh, the last three weeks, Chris has been leading us in talking about the power of the tongue, right? And we've been learning about how with our tongue, we can give forth words that are very good to taste, like honey, right? Or can also be bad to taste or bad to experience like a sword, as we've been learning from the Proverbs. And we, but we've been thinking about how Jesus, when he comes to us as the word of God, as the living word of God, a word of life and the word of peace to us, he changes us. And he sends us out in a new way. So we've now been thinking about, well, how, how should we be using our words? How should we be using the power that is the tongue? And Chris last week talked to us about Thanksgiving, giving thanks. And you were encouraged to write a card to give thanks to someone that you know that you are grateful for. And if you recall, we were thinking about Paul's letter to this church in Philippi. And in his introduction, he gives thanks for their partnership in the gospel, that they themselves have received Jesus, the living word of God, this word of life, this word of peace. And then afterwards, Paul uses his words to pray for them. He prays for this church. So we want to think about how should we, like Paul, use our words to pray for one another? And Paul, in his letter, he prays first and foremost that they, this church, would abound in love. He first prays for love, that they themselves would rest in the love of God, would know the love of God, would enjoy the love of God, would swim in the love of God, would be consumed with the love of God. And if you ever use our prayer books, that in the morning prayer, there is a prayer in there that says that our prayer is that God would set our hearts on fire with love for you. Now, Ellie, my daughter, when she was getting familiar with this prayer, we would say the prayer and after saying, set our hearts on fire, she would say, oh no! And then she would say, for love for you! Whew. And that's right, right? Fire. It's an interesting way to describe prayer. That we're praying that God's love would set us on fire, would consume us. Now think with me, just for a brief moment, about marshmallows. Now, Marshmallows. Do any of you like marshmallows? Yes, they're delightful. Yeah. Now, what about chocolate? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Now, what if you combine those two things with graham crackers? Yeah, what are those called? Anna. S'mores, right? S'mores. They use marshmallows, chocolate, and graham crackers. Now, what else do you need to make a s'more? Fire! 
It's absolutely crucial. You need fire to make a s'more. Yes. And I would have loved to build a little campfire right here and to really display this atmosphere with the aroma of burnt, or toasted, I should say, marshmallows. But I don't think that's too wise. But so we're just going to have to use our imaginations, right? When we put that marshmallow in the fire, have any of you done this? Yeah? Made a, made a s'more? Have you made a s'more? Yes? Okay. Now, what can happen when you put that marshmallow in the fire? It gets brown. That's, someone's taught you well. It's good. Hold it above the flames, right? Not in them. But what can happen too? Maybe if you leave it in a little too long or a little too close to the flames? It burns. Because all of a sudden, it can, it, yeah, it catches on fire, right? It gets consumed by the flames. Yeah, you're right, Ellie. Last time mommy had made that mistake, right? <laughs> she held it too close to the flame. I, I'll be honest, I am guilty of that too, right? A little too ambitious, a little too much um, excitement about the s'mores. We hold it too close and it just psh, gets consumed. Um, with the flames, right? But that's okay. Some, sometimes a little crispy marshmallow is very much acceptable. Now, if we think about that marshmallow, right? That marshmallow, welcome kids, welcome, come on in. We're thinking about marshmallows right now. Now, if that marshmallow was not put in the fire or above the flames to get toasted and warm and soft and perfectly gooey, would it melt that chocolate? No, it would not, right? So, in a way, when we think about prayer, and when we think about Paul's prayer for the church and for us, to uh, primarily about the love of God, that we would abound in the love of God, it's as if we are being warmed up by the love of God. It's as if we are being brought to this state of gooeyness, in order to melt that chocolate, right? So Paul's first and primary prayer for us and the way we should pray for one another is that we would abound in the love of God. And the love of God would consume us so much that we would, in a way, be so consumed by that love that we would then be able to move into life with that love that we would be able to live in that love and operate in that love. And so Paul next prays that we would know how to walk. But again, it is about the love of God that teaches us, that instructs us to know how to walk. Just like that marshmallow. Now, when you, melt, when you toast that marshmallow in the fire, do you ever have to tell that marshmallow when you put it on the chocolate? Marshmallow, now melt that chocolate. No, right? I don't ever talk to my marshmallows. Do you? No, you don't have to tell it to what to do. But because you have toasted it over the flames of that campfire and have put it on that chocolate, it does. Yeah, marshmallows can't talk. They can't respond to us. You're absolutely right. And so that marshmallow, though, after being in that fire, being warmed by that fire, it knows how to melt that chocolate. And so our prayer to, 
be consumed with the love of God leads us to know how to better walk, how to better live, and how to better use our words. To know in any particular moment, maybe when someone says a mean word to you, to know in that moment that you have been met with the love of God. And that you, through Jesus, have been given a word of life and a word of peace. And you, in that moment, could speak and know how to speak a word of life and a word of peace in that moment. And maybe when someone is at your house and they take a toy to play with, and inside you think, oh man, this is my toy, I really enjoy playing with it, I think I want to play with it right now. And in that moment, you can think, because of the love of God, you know how to give in that moment. And you know how to respond in that moment as God has given himself to you. And so it is the love of God that consumes us more and more, that instructs us in the way we should walk. And lastly, Paul says, so that we might bear fruits. Now, that's another very interesting metaphor, right? Another interesting way to describe Paul's prayer. Now, what are some of your favorite pieces of fruit? What do you like eating when it comes to fruit? Orange? Yes, lovely. Strawberries, very delightful. Peaches, yes. Pineapple. Apples. Mangoes? Yes, yes. What was that? Watermelon, delightful during the summer. I've been eating a lot of plums lately. They are delightful. Why do we like them so much? Because they're food? Yes. They fill our tummies? They help us grow. They help us grow, yes. Do they taste good? Yes. They're very yummy. Absolutely. They are so yummy. And so we like to eat them. So Paul's third prayer is that if we are so consumed with the love of God, we know how to walk and live, and therefore we are overflowing with these good and yummy, tasteful fruit that we then can give to others. And so when we think about prayer, we should first and foremost think about growing in the love of God and allowing that to consume us. And when you think about praying for your friends, praying for your brothers and sisters, and praying for your church, first and foremost, think about praying in, for us to grow and abound in the love of God. Now, lastly, prayer is difficult, right? Is it hard to pray? Yes, you don't have to be an adult to know that. Right? We struggle, struggle with prayer. You guys struggle with prayer. Prayer is hard. And I don't know if you were listening to that account of the gospel reading, but Jesus tells a story. Yes, why we pray. Yes, I think that's what you said, Anselm. Yes, good answer. We pray to be able to pray more. Um, but Jesus gives us a story. And he gives us this story because he says it's hard to pray. And sometimes we are going to struggle to pray 
but we need to press into prayer. And he tells us this story about this woman. And this woman is in desperate need of help. And she goes to this person who is a judge. Think of him as a very fancy guy who knows what to do and should be able to help this woman. And so she goes to this woman and says, help, I'm in need. And the judge says, no, sorry, I don't have time for you. And the next day, the woman comes back to him and says, help, I'm in need. And the judge once again says, no, sorry, I don't have time for you. What do you think the woman does the next day? Goes back again. Goes back again and says, help, I'm in need. And the judge finally says, fine, because you have bothered me so much, I will help you. Now, Jesus tells that story because he says, God is far greater and far more good than that judge in that story. And so we should have much more desire and ability to push into prayer, to ask God for the things that we need. Right. And Jesus says, when I return, will I find people who do that? Who keep asking God for the things that we need and keeps praying for those who need our prayers. And so I encourage you, and the way I'm going to encourage you to do this is by handing you popsicle sticks. Or Brittany maybe will pass these out. These popsicle sticks, I want you to take these popsicle sticks home and with your mom and your dad to write on each popsicle stick someone you can pray for. Either a friend, a brother or a sister, a mom and a dad, a grandpa or grandpa or a grandmother, or someone in the church that you know. Anyone, any of your friends at school, to write their names on these popsicle sticks and then put them in a cup. And each morning... When you wake up, and maybe you can ask your parents to do this with you, um, to pray with you in this way, grab three popsicle sticks. And after you grab three popsicle sticks, those are the three people that you're going to pray for in that day. Can you do that? Okay. Who who do you think are going to be some of the people that you write their names on these popsicle sticks to pray for? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Ellie. Ayelet, your friend. Wonderful. Why, Zoe? Zoe? Is she a friend? Yes, that's great. These are all wonderful ideas. So Brittany will pass these out to you. And the other thing I'm giving you, this is a little dangerous, but this is also for your parents, is a candle. And I want you to take this candle and with your parents, light this candle when you pray. And this candle can be a reminder to you that what we are praying for, that first and foremost, that we have the light of Christ, the Word of God, the living Word of God, who is with us. And then when you pray, it's going to remind you that you are praying first and foremost for God's love to abound in us and for that person. And then when you blow that candle out, What do you see from the candle? Smoke. Yes, and where does it go? It goes up into the sky. 
And so it's a beautiful symbol, like our psalm that Claire read earlier says, that our prayers go up and God hears our cry. He hears our prayer. And so use that candle as you pray with your parents. And I hope and pray that that reminds you to pray as Jesus calls us to pray, that God's love would abound and his love would set us on fire with love for him. And so Brittany will pass these out along with a coloring sheet for you. And for the rest of us, I do encourage us Today, even, as you sit and those you know are walking forward for communion, I pray and I, I, no, I encourage you to pray. And I encourage you, uh, for those that you know up here as you are sitting down, and as those you know who are receiving communion, to pray for them. And to pray specifically, no doubt we each know the burdens and needs that we all have, um, and those that we know in this communion. And I encourage you to pray boldly for them. Pray that they would be fed with the love of God. And pray that they would be consumed with that love. And pray for their needs. Be like that widow, as Jesus calls us to be. And to cry out on their behalf for their needs. Uh, And so do that for as many people that you know as they come up to receive communion. Uh, And as well as I think we're going to open up now for prayer... And then Mark will close us in our time of prayer.